This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 57 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. The personality of the horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Why, well, Helena, I assume you're all moved into the new place And not doing well? Uh, yes, I am. I moved in, and yes, I'm doing well. Ah, can't you hear the contentment in my voice? Yeah, you know what? It doesn't sound so hollow as it did last week either. Like you were in a big empty room. Yeah, well, I, I'm. The room hasn't changed. <laughs> but there aren't workmen working on the fireplaces. I don't hear the. <laughs> That's true. I don't hear the tinkering of workmen on the fireplaces like we did last week. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no tinkering today. So now you moved there to be closer to the ocean. You're one mile away from the ocean. Have you gone to see the ocean yet? Yes, we okay. have. Okay, just checking. <laughs> it's, you know, when you go, so we try to do, go for walks after dinner, Peter, Grace, and I, and sort of do the family thing. And so our walks after dinner could be down to the beach. So that kind of, it kind of works that way. Well, good. Yeah, we haven't been to the, there's a few neighboring beaches. So we haven't gone, had a chance to explore there yet. But um, uh, the, the town beach that's just down the street from us we've been to, which is <laughs> lovely. Well, I wanted to say, too, uh, we're, we're not going to read her email today, but I wanted to thank, is it Anjanette? Uh, I believe that's how she says it, yeah. yeah she sent us a nice email about uh, companion horses and whether your horse should be alone and that kind of thing, and I saw you answered her this morning. I appreciate that, too. Yep. Um, but uh, we wanted to thank her for her email and for sending that in. I would encourage anybody that wants to to go ahead and send in emails to us. We appreciate it. I also wanted to mention at the top of the show, Helena, that we are now doing weekly email reminders out to anybody who signs up to be on our email list. And what it basically is is an email that highlights all the shows and what was on it that week. So you can get that just by going to our website at stablescoop.com. And up in the left-hand side of the site there, you'll see an email sign up. Just put your email address in there, and you'll start receiving the weekly reminders. It's a good way to see what was on all the shows in one quick shot. I love them. I, I, was, uh, I didn't know you were sending it out, so when I got the first one, I was pleased as punch. Well, this has only been two weeks and uh, two, two weeks that I've been doing this. Yep. I just needed to add more work to my life. Um, <laughs> no, it really is helpful because it, it – and, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a geek. I like the little graphic images of who's up because it catches my eye. And I say, oh, what's going on on the dressage show and, and um, the eventing radio show? So I think it's really helpful. 
Well, good. I'm glad it's worth the work. Then. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's wor- very much worth the work. And you know me. I'm not. I wouldn't want to pile more on, Glenn. I really I wouldn't. Know. You're always trying to tell me to do less work. I exactly, exactly. But I no. When it's, it's except very- when it benefits you, of course. That's- <laughs> no, come on. I'm considerate. I-, I know. I'm just busting on you. Well, we Thanks. have a fun show planned for today. We, we have two guests that will join us very shortly here to speak about a fascinating topic. We touched on it a little bit last week, and that's the personality of the horse. You know, those of us that are horse people that have been around horses our whole lives know that every horse has its own personality. But they do sort of fit. We sort of categorize them, don't we, Helena? Uh, yes. We have our own little categories in our mind. Well, there was an author that actually wrote a book and put the categories down and made them made them really work and we're going to talk to her today about the different personalities of a ho- of the horse and we have another guest who's been on before Jean Lambrecht was on our roundtable show a couple of weeks ago when you were out and she's mm-hmm. going to join us also because she also uh, 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 this is one of her areas of study so it should be a lot of fun to have the two on and we're really going to get into what are the personalities of horses and you know what I guarantee as we talk about the different personalities you're going to go, and I'm going to go, I owned that one. That was Charlie, you know? Uh, yeah. And you're just going to relate. It's, it's so relatable a topic because everybody's had these horses. But it's going to be interesting because I think there's some, some surprising ones in her book as well. Yeah, I mean, I only know the ones that I've had or worked with, but it would be interesting to see um, how some of the personalities are labeled, personalities that I haven't had a chance to work with. Right. Well, you know what? We had a... a, a a megastar and a horse person uh, die yesterday. So I just wanted to mention Patrick Swayze died. And there are a lot of people that don't know that he was an avid horse person. He grew up in Texas riding horses. And they had a farm in California. And they were into Arabs. They were into Egyptian Arabs. Hmm. And, and he and his wife. And actually, he's a rare He's a rare. He's kind of an interesting character because we all know Patrick Swayze certainly had his issues. Um, but he married his, met his wife when he was 18. She was 14 in Texas and they've been together for 34 years. That's awesome. Yeah. So they've been together all this time and they were really, maybe that's because of horses. Who knows? Um, and you know, he said, uh, one of his quotes here, why he chose Egyptian Arabs in particular. He said, I grew up with horses. My father was a cowboy in Texas. We lived in Houston at the age of eight. I visited the, the Glenlock farm. I should know how to say that, huh? The Gleanlock Farm. And from then on, I, w- I was lost. I dreamed of nothing but Arabians, and when I imagined Arabians, they were Egyptians. And apparently, they, they have a number of mares and foals on their farm. So That's so sad. So, uh, And I guess he died of cancer? Was that? Yeah, he did. He had a very deadly form of cancer. Um, I think it was pancreatic cancer. And, I think uh, he was in his 50s. I don't think he was that old either. No, 57. Yeah. That's scary. I'm getting there, Helena. You know, I hear about all these people that are almost my age now dying, and it's like, ooh, it's getting a little scarier than it was when I was 30. You know what? You're going to be like, you're going to be the guy who's 113, and all your friends have passed away, and you're going to be sitting there with nothing to do. I'll still be on the radio boring people to death here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, you'll have some, you'll have like 47 radio shows on the network. (laughs) No, wait a minute, 47. You have like 57, 107. You know, I may, after I you know get really old, have to cut it back to one again. It would just be you and I and our rockers. You know, just <laughs> rocking away, chatting about horses. And our headsets. Yep. Well, we, 
we do um, our condolences to the the Swayze family over the loss of of Patrick, and um, you know the the horse world has lost another wonderful person. Well, I think it's time that we should probably get our guests on here. Uh, okay. You know, we, we, I tell you, I had talked to Jean. Jean with Jean Lambrecht was with us a couple weeks ago. She, uh, during the episode where you were out, where I had all the pretty women on with me, uh, she, she, she is actually has, uh, in the final months of completing her PhD in counseling psychology from the University of Southern Mississippi, and she has a master's degree in clinical psychology from Midwestern State University. Uh, and she basically specializes in the behavior of the horse and rider. And so she, she specializes in the personality of a horse and also the personalities of riders. And one of her big things that she works with and she does clinics on and, and has a lot of professional riders as well as amateur riders as clients is fear. She deals with the rider's fear of the horse or fear of riding the horse or if something happens, they fall off and they're having trouble getting back on or for the professionals, you know, how to take that next step. That's one of the areas that she works with them on. And she's just, she's fascinating to listen to because she's so intelligent and she understands this stuff. And it's just really cool. And then we also have Dessa Hockley, who is a lifelong horsewoman and author of the book, Is Your Horse a Rockstar? I love that title. I know. That's my favorite thing to say. How is your horse today? A rock star. (laughs) She really couldn't have picked a better phrase. Well, it's true. And you know what? One of the personality traits in the book is rock star. Uh, the rock star. So, well, well, that's probably the first one I'm sure we're going to end up talking about. That is, yeah, because it's such a subjective term. I mean, it, yeah, well, you know, a rock star could be that he didn't go completely up and over on the cross ties today. Exactly. <laughs> he just went up and cracked his head, you know. Well, but, so, the, the rock star is subjective. I'm dying to talk to her and find out about exactly what, what it means to be a rock star horse. Well, the book speaks to, to the fact that there, or to her th- theory, basically, that there's eight personality traits of a horse. And we'll get into this a little bit with her, but uh, she's talking about dominant or submissive, energetic or lazy, curious or afraid, friendly or aloof. Couldn't that pretty much describe humans that we know, too? Well, well, I mean, you have to use human descriptors because we're talking to humans. <laughs> so I'm to fit where I see where I fit into that. Uh. You have to sort of anthropomorphize <laughs> a little bit. Well, wait a minute. She, um, wait. You said that there were eight personality types. Now, are now I eight, mean, we now that there are eight personality traits, and then traits. when you figure out which traits your horse has, they then fall into one of the sixteen personality types. So you have to first see what traits. You sort of take a little test here in this book. And, yeah. Uh, on your horse, and then from that, from that, you determine which one of which one of the personality types. And the types are things like rock star, macho man, wild card, the boss. Oh, okay, I got it. Yeah, I got the prize it. fighter, the accountant, the accountant. Okay. Um, so that All right. the goddess. Uh, oh, I like that one. Wh- <laughs> uh, the, uh, the wallflower. Right, okay. well, you know, I did own a wallflower once too. So it's going to be interesting to uh, talk to talk to the both. Let's get them both on the line here and say hello and and get chatting about the personalities of the horse. Yay! Well, hi, Jean and Dessa, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hi, Glenn. Well, and welcome back, Jean. You were just on a couple weeks ago with me when we had a great time with Julie Goodnight and our friend Templeton Thompson. That oh, was, my gosh, that was so much fun. Uh, you know, if anybody so didn't hear that, they should go back and take a listen to it. It was a great show. It was a couple of weeks ago. You can go. It was called The Roundtable. 
And it was pretty much that. It was uh, the four of us sitting around just chatting about all different kinds of stuff. Got kind of deep there for a while. Um, you guys got way out of my league for a while, so. <laughs> but that doesn't. We were pretty take... deep, but then pretty shallow as well. Yeah, we that's right. That. That's exactly that's what my, one of my personality traits. Um, <laughs> this is why we work so well together. Well, well, look at this. Well, this is why we work so well together. Yeah, that's right. Deep and shallow. Deep and shallow. <laughs> well, hi, Dessa. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you being here as well, and I appreciate you sending your book. Is your horse a rock star? Best uh, title ever. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Now, you're from Canada, right, Dessa? Right. We're up by Calgary. Oh, Chris good. Meadows, the Masters has just been on here. Oh, we're not going to talk about Calgary. It's a place I've always wanted to go. I've said that a hundred times in the show, by the way. Every time we get somebody on from Canada, Glenn talks about Calgary. Calgary. So we're not going to oh, talk about... Up. They're They're going to get bored with that, so we won't talk about that. What we're here to talk about today, though, is the personality of the horse. And it's just such a fascinating topic for, for those of us that have owned a lot of horses. And my wife and I, we've probably owned 50, 60, 70 horses by, the, by this point. You know, we've, we've had everyone, we talked in the, in the intro here about the 16 personality types. And I wanted you to go through the background of how you got to this and how it all worked out. But, you know, we've all owned these horses. And it's just amazing. I did read a couple of the chapters this morning. And I'm going, first of all, it's very well written. You do a good job of keeping it light and fun. Thank you. Uh, which is my kind of book, by the way. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Mine too. But, I'm not a writer. You know, and I knew you knew this going in, that people were going to read this going, well, that was Charlie. You know, that was yeah. Sam. That was Fred. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but then what I was surprised at is I also saw humans in here. Right. That's I, were, where we're, uh-huh. yeah. were you planning on that? Uh, yeah, it, it, it just has to overflow into that. And, and when we're doing our clinics and whatnot now, it's, it's even going a little bit further that way. People are so open to saying, well, then, and, and I'll throw that out there. If, if you were a horse, which one of these guys would you be? And then they start to say, well, and then, you know, what do you need to be to work with your horse? And how's that partnership going to work out for you? Wow, that's incredible. Well, tell us, go, let's back up. What prompted you to, to write this book? Were you an author before? Or? No, no, no. I've oh, really? just, I've, I'm a teacher. I've taught writing and, and been an instructor for 30 years and was uh, tired of the show scene a little bit and uh, decided that I needed to quit everything. And so I went for a little tour across the prairies and was driving, and I was reading a book by Jane Smiley called uh, A Year at the Races. And in it, she mentions, boy, we need something for, you know, uh, a book on, you know, something on horse personalities. And she actually had the, uh, the main idea on this of the Myers-Briggs linking the two together. And I had done Myers-Briggs, which is what this is, is formatted off of. And uh, I had always enjoyed that and, and thought it was so relevant. And so then I just started putting the two together, and I was driving across our prairies, or as long as your prairies, and I was driving across the prairies, and they were just flying by because I was the same as you. I was putting the 50 horses that I owned into these, into these <laughs> different categories and going, that explains so much. And so then I started teaching with it, and everybody's going, you've got to write about this. And I'm going, I'm not a writer. I'm not an author. And they're going, just write the way you talk. Write the way you teach. And so it, it, I just spent a winter, I uh, did a lot of research. I did research on about 500 horses. And why it's got a lot of these personal little stories in it is because I would go out and we'd figure out what the horse, horse's personality was just by looking at them, you know, loose for five or ten minutes. And then I'd get them to tell me, tell me about your horse. Give me, give me it in personality terms. 
of, uh, you know, what kind of quirky little things they do. And so that's why there's a lot of those in there is because uh, then, you know, I would come to write the book and I'd have 20 pages from different people all describing the same personality. And the things that kept showing up on every page, that's to do with that personality. So a lot of it came from all the people in their stories, too. You Being so involved with horses for such a long time, as you're interviewing these people and getting to know their horses, was there anything that surprised you in these personality types or that you didn't, you, you just weren't aware of before starting this research? Yeah. The biggest one was the last two traits are friendly and aloof. And what I didn't understand about the aloof horses is that they needed a job. And um, the aloof trait, um, they're the ones that can be hard to catch. They're very reserved. They don't show you a lot of affection. And, um, and it was one of the personalities, and it's called the boss personality. And the boss personality is dominant, energy, afraid, and aloof. And when I looked at my, my lineup of horses, I had about 20, 25 horses. And half of these horses were absolutely brilliant. People loved them. They were top competitors. They were great horses. The other half were horrible horses. They were just eating people up, dumping them off. The people didn't know what to do with them. They couldn't get rid of them, so they were living out in their field. And it didn't make any sense. didn't make any sense for the longest time. And then finally I figured out the ones that were successful were the aloof horses that had a job. And if they didn't have a job, if people were trying to just make pleasure horses out of them, the horses felt there was no reason for it, no purpose, and just be on the fight about it. So that was a, a really big click in uh, that, I, that totally surprised me. I didn't expect to find that one. Now, <laughs> now, now the, you, you've really broken it down here to eight personality traits, and, and we went over those a little bit earlier, dominant submissive, or submissive, energetic or lazy, curious or afraid, friendly or aloof. And it looks like you took those then to come up with the personality types. Right. Wait, yeah, can you say those again? Those okay. I have, to write, I have to make a chart so I can keep up All with right. this conversation. <laughs> I told you I was dense. Wait, go slow. Dominant. Or submissive. Or submissive. Okay. Yeah. Energetic or lazy. Okay. Curious or afraid. Okay. Friendly or aloof. Okay. Now these are types Traits. So those are traits. And traits. actually, Dessa has on her website, which I'm sure we'll give the address of soon, um, she has on her website this really cool quiz that you can take that you can figure out which of the types that your um, horse is, because there's 16 types. Right. And then there's those eight different traits, like we just looked at. And what I love about it is it. You know, when I, because I did it sort of both ways, I sort of tried to figure it out just like by looking at those traits, what I thought my horse was, and then I took that, and it, uh, and then I took the quiz, and it told me what my different horses were, and it was really immensely helpful. I think, I think one thing that Dessa really brought to the table with this stuff is that she did such a lovely job of articulating in a very simple way, in a very easy to understand way, what, how your horse functions, you know, how your given horse functions, and then what they need from you. And so I, I can't say enough how much this um, book has uh, made things easier for me in terms of understanding my horses and working with them and, and clarifying. Do you have a word I understood the traits before? I, I never had it all the way, you know, articulated. Dean, you have a fairly difficult personality, a uh, difficult horse in the personality traits, right? Um, which, which one was that again? That was um, the D-E-A-F, which is dominant, 
um, energetic, afraid, and friendly. And um, that the, the title for that um, type is the wild card. And that's my horse, Valentine, who's probably the best-known horse of my herd. And it's interesting, Helena, you should do this with your horse because it is interesting to, to, to take this little quiz. It's on horsepersonality.com is where you can take the quiz, uh, but it is interesting to do it. Uh, and then it, it really will break down where your horse falls. And I, I actually did it with one of the horses I've owned, and it was, it was right on. You know, it's interesting because when we were looking at the, the listener, dominant or submissive, energetic or lazy, I just took the last one, submissive, lazy, afraid, and aloof. And I thought, well, there's going to be an interesting combination of a horse. And, <laughs> and then it went to, and it came down, it was, that title was called The Lone Wolf. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just so neat how you do have this broken out. Let's talk a little bit about, let's talk a little bit about a couple of the personality types. Sure. Uh, um, pick one. It might be good to pick one of a horse you know, and then you'd have some background on the story with it. Yeah, I was trying to do that here, and I just haven't had a whole lot of time to read the book, obviously. Yeah, I wish it would have got to you sooner. But um, let's start with the title, The Rock Star. What's a rock star? The rock star is, um, so start off, he's dominant, energy, curious, and friendly. So he's super engaged, super expressive, very charismatic. We had one in a clinic that we were doing up here, and we have uh, dressage mirrors in our arena. And he just kept going over there and, and preening in front of the mirror and looking at himself. <laughs> he had a huge ego. The girl couldn't get him to go out and interact with her at all because all he wanted, and everybody in the audience was just howling with laughter because all he wanted to do was admire himself and look at himself. And they are that. They love going in the show ring. They love going anywhere new. Um, so very, very engaging. Quite challenging as a young horse because they have so many of their own ideas. And they're not really mm-hmm. wanting to be nitpicked at and told where to put every foot. That's the challenge. Right. One of my horses try to is a rock star. Pardon? What was, what was that, Jean? I'm sorry. I, meant, I said one of my horses is a rock star. Oh, uh, really? My horse mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dessa. I'm sorry. I didn't interrupt you. No, that's fine. Yeah, so that, that's, oh. that, that's the gist of them. They're in every sport that you can imagine and, and usually, you know, doing very, very well. So they have the personality of, well, we, we just talked about Patrick Swayze today. So <laughs> it's just... They have a, a rock star personality. Do they, do these, I, I want to talk more about the different personality types, but a question that just comes up after hearing about the rock star is, do these personality assessments apply only to the horses they relate to their human partner? Um I mean, we, we, we can't not anthropomorphize a little bit because those are the terms in which we function. <laughs> Absolutely. But how um, how do we marry the horse's natural tendencies within their, you know, their natural socialization and and ours with these personality types? I, out in the herd is where we'll see a lot of this personality. And you can type a horse almost. We have about 40 horses at our place. And you can type them almost watching them in the herd of how they're going to relate. Um, and, and then... That same thing is is then how we need to relate to them as well, and and sometimes we help them become more functional in the herd too. Okay, so they do. So it translates. It's the you Absolutely. could say you could look at this herd and say, oh yeah, there's the rock star in the group. He's a rock star in his herd as well as in the ring. Right. Yep. Okay. Cool. The lone wolf that we just mentioned, they will be very on the edge usually of the herd, a little bit. You know, you have to kind of look to find them quite often. If well, we have we have one here, and then we have one that's very similar, which is the. Um, uh, the DLAF, and he'll be off by himself somewhere, 
you know, in the, in the woods as well. So any of those strong, aloof traits, they can be, you know, quite separate. Right. Do they, give me an example of what we might see in the rock star personality in a herd. Let's say, you know, um, a seven or eight year old gelding in the middle of a herd. What types of things would he be doing if he's the rock star personality? Okay, I'm going to relate it to the traits then. We'll just go through his traits. So his last trait, I quite often do this, I go backwards to front, is, is, is friendly. Um, they'll tend to be in the middle of the hubbub of social activity. And if you're a rock star person or if you're a rock star horse, you love the social activities. Um, so they're in the dynamic, in the middle of it. They don't mind getting in a little scrap here and there. That's their dominant. They don't mind having a little fight. Um, they're also the one that's highly curious. If something comes into their field that everybody is a bit afraid of, um, they will be the one that has to, you know, go investigate that. And they, they kind of like a little bit of drama in their life, and they like <laughs> to stir things up. So, so they can also be a little bit annoying in the herd, and they, and they can be annoying with us as well, um, the rock star, but, but very fun, very engaging. This just so relates. I'm just sitting here cracking up because I'm thinking about the people I know that fit these descriptions. I'm thinking oh, of both. The people I'm laughing because I can see visions. I see chestnut coats and paints in my mind, and I can, I'm, I'm in, imagining them where they are in their in their herd in the pasture. Well, you know, yeah, if I was if I was brave enough, the next book would be the people one. Is your is your spouse a rock star? Well, now Jean Jean should be writing that one, shouldn't you, Jean? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, um, the the article that I um, that I wrote for. Uh, Horse South Magazine, that where I talk about um, Dessa's book, I, I talk about, um, I think, using those, you know, your understanding of your horse personality to your best advantage. And what she had based the, um, her rock star, um, her theory off of was the, what she said was the Myers-Briggs, and that's a um, human personality assessment. And uh, it also has eight traits. And and so, and, and people fall into one of the 16 traits. And what's kind of cool, and actually what um, I, I sort of, what I did with um, this upcoming article is, is I sat there and I gave a description of my own personality from the Myers-Briggs. And, uh, but in horse terms, I would be a rock star. <laughs> that doesn't surprise well, me at all. I, would, I was going to say that too. <laughs> well, that, there's a, there's a, talking about the whole Myers-Briggs thing is there's a book called Please Understand Me. Right. And I read that. You, right. Okay. So, um, one of the things, uh, my husband and I are polar opposites on the Myers-Briggs uh, that is true too. <laughs> yeah, and so how does that work out? <laughs> now we'll have to get Dean in on this. He you listens very I, well. <laughs> it works out great. It's sort of a yin and yang kind of thing. So we're kind of like two puzzle pieces that fit to make a very nice functioning whole unit. Good stuff. So what I think is really cool about these the horse personality types is that how can we find? I mean, I would love to have the two of you horse shopping with me so that Gene, mm. you can assess my personality type, mm-hmm. and then Dessa, we can get the horse personality type and find that perfect fit. How do we do that? There's Where a new tag team. Up? Hey, guys, there's a tag team I mean, uh, marketing plan. That- is, is that hey, I'm in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what up on doing that. Well, there's a good, there's a is good... that a semi-realistic expectation? Can we? Do you think we, we could reach that? We can do a whole documentary on that. See, go out horse shopping, <laughs> looking at horses. I totally do that. I think that sounds like fun. <laughs> what you're saying about you and your husband being different, yeah. um, on the the Myers Briggs being opposite. 
um, the opposites frequently work very well. Jessica had told something to me when she and I had chatted about um, her personality theory. And uh, what she said was, in the first two categories, the dominant and submissive and the energetic and lazy, that being the opposite of your partner, in this case your horse, and remember, we can project this onto people too, being, being the opposite um, works well, but on the last two characteristics, curious or afraid and friendly and aloof, being the same works very well. And actually, if you project this on the Myers-Briggs, that is pretty much, um, it's pretty much the same uh, hypothesis. So, for example, you being opposite of your partner mm-hmm. is a really good thing. I mean, my, um, my boyfriend and I were opposite on a couple of things, you know, and it works perfectly. You know, and I actually think somebody else who is as energetic in me would wear me out. <laughs> <laughs> so if you read the, if you get to know your partner's personality type, the, that understanding I think enriches the relationship and really helps with that balance. I would love to know my horse's personality type. I, like I'm wondering if just the simple understanding of his personality type is going to improve our relationship, or do I need to find a horse with a personality type that's a better match for me? What do you? Oh, I, wanna, I really want to answer that one though, because I've seen that so <laughs> many ahead. times. I've seen that so many times in my teaching, where you look at um, a, a pair that come to you for for lessons, and you go, "Oh, they're really mismatched. That's really not great." And you know, that's the that horse that is that mismatched horse is sometimes the greatest gift. He comes with that challenge, and it yeah. wouldn't be necessarily what you would go out and pick out. But in terms of uh-huh. your own learning and your own process, this is a this horse will open doorways for you that is stuff that you need. And I believe we always attract into our life whatever we need. And it mm. might be the horse that isn't the right horse. So <laughs> it, it's kind of, I'm much more of, you know, kind of deal with what you got. Um, okay. but, but also I have people that, that get me to go shopping with them. And we watch mm-hmm. them in a round pen for five minutes and you go, mm, that's going to be a challenge for you. Maybe you want to try something else. Right. <laughs> so some people might be up to the challenge. Sport. Yeah. Are you thinking that maybe? See, I'm I'm kind of liking what your answer in that, um, you know, you what you might think of as the bad match is actually a fantastic learning opportunity. Exactly, it might be the patience if you have one of those very slow, meticulous learners that want everything. Okay, I'm going to give one for Jean. She's a rock star. If if she were, and I have a one at our barn, a person that's kind of a rock star, and they've drawn into their life, her life, the perfectionist horse. Well, that horse wants you to show up at the same time with the same plan and do the right. same thing every day. Very, very hard for the rock star, right, type right. of person. Mm-hmm. And yet it is also what helps bring that rock star type of person into balance is learning the value of that consistent step-by-step program. So, so I don't know. It's, it's just fascinating to watch <laughs> that's well, however why, it all turns out. That's why ponies were invented for kids, so that they could learn to fall off over and over and over and over again. <laughs> And and so that it would get easier when they ride a real horse. <laughs> I, I firmly believe that. Okay, I have like 117 questions in my head right now. <laughs> like, I got to get All them right. out. I'm sorry, you guys. So speaking of ponies, though, if you sort of like dog breeds, I know that w- with certain breeds you can expect certain personality traits. Um, I'm thinking to a certain extent you can expect that with horses, horses and, and breedings and backgrounds as well. Would you say that's, that's true? Well, 
I, 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 I went into it with that same assumption. And as we've been going out and doing more horses um, and looking at the typing, um, like one of the ones that totally surprised me was um, the fjords. You know the little, the, you know. Are you familiar with fjords? Yeah, the fjords, fjords have the have the black uh, strip up through their the black strip, yep. and they're heavy little chunky dudes that are yep. kind of they're little draft, draft horses. Yeah, and you it, you would expect them, and and people tend to refer to them sometimes a little bit as stubborn, and you expect them to be a little bit always going to be a lazy almost, you know. And um, I I had an excellent opportunity for a driving club up here. They brought two fjords, three years old, that had never been had much done with them. And they were absolute opposite personalities, One, and they were perfect. The steady Eddie came in, and that submissive, lazy, curious, friendly, he came in the ring and immediately went up to check out all the people and say, hi there. And then I was sitting on this bright yellow box. He came over, examined the box. I went, okay, there's friendly, there's curious. He never got out of a walk. And he was, and, and he was when he got a little bit worried once, and I just started to push him around to drive him a bit. And he immediately was happy with me taking control of the situation. Now his full or half brother, I think, came in, and this was a boss personality, dominant energy, afraid and aloof. He came in, almost ran over the crowd, had nothing to do with anybody, crashing, bashing around, trying to get out of the arena, whinnying, screaming, totally hysterical. <laughs> and these were like raised in exactly the same environment, same breed, same age. And you go, there's personality. And it was a perfect, beautiful example of how different those two personalities could be. Hmm. So by all means, um, I, I, and I look at minis, and I think minis, when I, I watch them sometimes at the, at the trade shows and, and demos, and I think they're one of the most misunderstood um, you know, horses because people don't treat them as horses and a lot of the time. And there is some really large personalities, like a macho man and these really big macho kind of personalities in this little cute fuzzy body that everybody's mauling and petting. And they're <laughs> hating it. Like, give me a job. I want to go out and do something. <laughs> Who gave so, you this stupid little body? So, so now, Jean, let's, let's get back to the – okay. So I'm a, I'm a rider. I'm a horse owner. I need mm-hmm. to – reflect on my own desires, my own goals as a rider. What do I want? Um, why do I ride? Why do I own horses? Because like Dessa said, you know, this horse that I think is not a good match for me could end up being mm-hmm. the, the best learning opportunity ever to come my way. But I might not be mm-hmm. interested in that learning opportunity. I might just be the kind of rider who wants to get on, go have a great time, get my yahoos and you know, go home. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of self-reflection that has to go on before you actually figure out, I mean, this, you know, before you figure out what kind of horse you want and whether or not you want to stay matched with this mismatch. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I have two, um, the two horses that I ride the most often are uh, Valentine, who we've already mentioned is a wild card, and um, Hopscotch, who's a goddess. And this is all in terms of her um, uh, personality theory and now hopscotch and i are pretty much perfectly matched because again if you look at you know my profile which would be um let's see energetic let's see dominant (laughs) energetic (laughs) curious and friendly right um well hoppy is um submissive lazy curious and friendly so we're a perfect match because we're opposite each other where we need to be and we're the same where we need to be. And so he is like a little bit of a vacation to ride because, because he, you know, I'm 
right. we understand each other and we're so on the same page that I'm not... I'm not having to spend a lot of my time concentrating on how is he experiencing this? How do I need to rein in my own traits? Right. Now, then you take Valentine, who is the wild card, and he is dominant and energetic, so we have that the same, but then he's afraid and uh, friendly. So the friendly part, we have the same. And he was so hard for me to understand and it took me a lot of work to understand him. Now, now that I've caught the code, um, he, and, and I got to say, I mean, Death's book helped quite a lot. I, I think it actually put into words what I had gone on this long journey and figured out. I could have saved myself time by having the book earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned so much from that and I'm, I know I'm a better horse person for it, you know. And now that I've you know cracked the code, it's so exciting for me to ride him because I know that I didn't always have this knowledge yeah. and this ability, you know. And so now it's like really fun to ride him. <laughs> it's really fun, but it was not fun before when I was going, "Why in the heck are you doing that?" And uh, so it's you know, happy you know came easy to me, and he he, he remains easy. And I think it is lovely to have that because boys are just wanting to bebop around. Right. Um, having that horse that's the perfect fit for you is delightful. Uh, but I got to tell you, I oh, and this is no, this is not easy for me to say, but I wouldn't trade the experience that I had learning mm. with Valentine for anything. But if you're just going, okay, I just want to go out and goof around and enjoy myself and not, you know, have to stretch then, yeah, having a horse as a perfect fit is easiest. Hmm. Hmm. Does that help at all? Oh, d- definitely, because you, you, when you said it's like a vacation to ride your horse, it's, that's, some days you wake up and you just need a vacation, and some days mm-hmm. you get on and you really want that challenge. So you're, you're blessed that you've got two horses that provide both of, the, both of those things for you. Um, mm-hmm. Some people need to find those different things all in the same horse. That's not that difficult to do, I'm thinking, because you can always find ways to challenge your SLAF. <laughs> and is that where the wild card comes in? What she's talking um, about? Well, the wild card is, and actually I almost want, I want Desla to speak to this, about to the wild card personality, because she, you know, when she and I first talked about um, my horses, she did the loveliest sort of extrapolation about the wild card beyond her book even. Well, I'll tell you what, Tessa, I'm waiting to hear it because my wife has owned this horse many times. <laughs> and I think Helena will agree with that. I've, I've ridden one or two of them. <laughs> Let me oh, say I, this. I just have to tell a quick story and then you can analyze this. Her, the first time I got on one of one of Jen's um, horses, she said, oh, yeah, just go on and get the mare. Get on the mare. She, she's trained to the hill. Just, you know, do what you want her to do and, and she'll do it. And, and um we got to a point where I asked her how to stop the horse so I could get off. <laughs> I said, excuse me, but how do we stop so that I can dismount? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that requires a certain combination. So go ahead. Sorry. Uh, so we're wanting to, to talk a little bit about, about the wild card. Yeah, about the wild card, yeah. yeah. Um, now, now, does everyone have a wild card? Um, sometimes you need to you know, start a support group. Um, <laughs> for, for there's certain personalities that do need a support group, and I would say the wild card is sort of one of those. Um, quite often, even within within trainers, 
Um, I've heard stories that the wild card is sort of the horse that that um, really challenged and really challenged their confidence and shattered it a bit. And I had one of those. It was a big thoroughbred, 17-hand horse. And, and it was the same thing. He really, he really uh, I thought before that I could just ride anything. And he really, they can rock your world a little bit because they deceive you a little bit in, in how they come across. And, and we think they're way more confident because they're so into your face, bold, uh, seemingly. Um, but then they have this other side that clicks in, and so we're always left a little unnerved of when that other side is going to kick in. But once we did the personalities and started to realize, you know, that afraid trait, because it, it is the, when you get any time you get afraid, add energy to it, and then add dominance, that's, you just can tell that's that's you know, that's a challenge right there um, because they don't want to listen to you. You're saying you're afraid. I know I need to put you in a box and keep you safe. And they're saying, don't tell me what to do. And that right there starts the ricocheting going on, right? And so you have to have built up a really solid base with them that, that they know you're safe, but you will take control of a situation if you need to. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that was a key thing. They can lose it, and but you need to do that before the situation ever arises. You need to just be really calm, clear, confident, saying this is what you know, and um, and yet you cannot fight with them, or their energy and their adrenaline gets up, and they will fight. They 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 do that in their world. So they are one of the ones that you certainly are not an amateur horse um, that, that I see. Uh, now we had one. I don't know where this one would fall in. We had a what we used for a school horse. Actually, it was an Appaloosa, uh, and he was a sweetheart in the stall. I loved him. He pooped in the corner every time. <laughs> That's a great attribute, uh, right there. You know, <laughs> if I could just clone horses that poop in the corner and nowhere else, I'd make okay. a zillion dollars. I don't know. That should be in here. Where how do they poop? Um, and how clean is their stall? Uh, but anyway, he would rock be great. Rockstars is a mess. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Oh, Rockstars are, yeah, I can see they're, that. They're trashing their you apartment You should see my the desk. <laughs> trashing their apartment. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, uh, this horse, his name is Chip. We would do lessons, do everything. You take that horse out in a trail ride, he'd be absolutely fantastic. Except for the, there was one time, every ride, when he'd crow hop and throw the rider. Every hmm. single time. And it was there was no rhyme or reason. It was just he decided that he was going to throw you at that particular moment. And he did it so well. He was such a big guy. He did so well. He just threw, he threw Jennifer a couple times, and she could ride anything. And hmm. it was just, I, you know, it was just amazing that there are those horses that just, in every other, t- in every other way, he was perfect. And you never hmm. figured out what the trigger no, was? never figured it out. We just think he was laughing the whole time. We just think he was <laughs> going, yeah, got you this time. You know, and it, I think he was really mad when he, when he failed to dump you off that time. And he'd only try once, but, he, huh. but you didn't expect it. You know, you just got that's complacent, and then, boom, <laughs> you were gone. Huh. <laughs> so, oh, uh, I don't know. There's all different kinds out there. So, where there? do you start with something like that? When you've got that kind of, you know, Desi, you, you're a, a horse trainer as well, so... I'm sure you've had your share of problem horses. When you have a, a situation like this, where do you start? Do you go into the personality typing and say... So I always, any horse that comes to our barn, whether we're boarding them or somebody's riding, I always start with the personality typing, turn them loose in the arena. I want them to show me who they are not related to their person, right? Because sometimes they'll act quite submissive with a person, and right. yet when you get in the arena and you turn them loose, you, you will find that they're a dominant. And so, so I always start with that. But to me, all the personality typing is, is, is it's a first beginning step on learning to listen to our horses. 
And then it is the world has just been expanding for us in the last five years since we, you know, started the work on the book of the levels that we can listen to them on. And um, here, uh, you know, there's just there's just so many ways that they can tell us, um, you know, beyond the personalities of, of what they need and and things they're trying to overcome in their own lives. Um, and that we're quite often there to help them in terms of their journey. Like we have all our, we have our soulful journey is how, kind of how I look at it. And a lot of times they have theirs as well. And they can come with some past baggage and, and things that they want to work through. And so sometimes it's, it's listening to, to, you know, getting out on that tangent and listening on, on that level as well. And they're open to it. They take us places that, um, you know, are really good for us, even if we don't think so. Hmm. And Glenn, Jennifer never had a theory about that, about Chip's little... I think we just gave up on theories, um, just because you just never knew when the rhyme or reason was. Now, do, I, you know, I, I was funny because I didn't bring this up in the roundtable, Gene, and I, I, I wanted to with Julie there. Do, do you believe, do, do both of you believe that there are just horses with screws loose? Or... In a way, why wouldn't there be? I'm going to let Gene answer that, I think, because it's... Um, okay, well, I, I think, okay, I think, first of all, I think people go to the business of that horse is crazy or my horse is crazy as sort of a, um, well, too it's soon. Like kind of a cop-out for a lot of people. I think mm. it's a cop-out for a lot of people. Like, I was told, there are a couple of people that told me that Valentine was crazy um, uh, before I fully understood him. And, you know, it was funny because even though, you know, my specialty is, you know, I, it's not as though I spent a million years in college studying horse psychology, but I I knew that wasn't true. And it really bothers me, though, because it's kind of like, okay, it's too difficult for me to figure out. I'm just going to throw my hands up in the air. Right. And I, and I felt sort of disgusted, too, because it seems very um, uh, disrespectful. And... But now, but that said, you know, because it took me a while to figure it out, with, with Jessa sort of articulating what Valentine means and putting that into words, uh, that was really helpful for me because it wasn't ever, because I saw him behave very well with other writers, um, but usually really great writers. And I, so I knew there was a key. I just knew I didn't know what the key was. And a big right. part of my own key was dialing down my energy because he is both of us are so energetic that we could crank mm-hmm. each other out pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then also he made me be the boss because I had, if you're going to ride him successfully, you have to let him know that he's going to be safe because you're in charge and you can make good decisions. And so, okay. So that said, um, I would just, I have not met a crazy horse, but I would say just, you know, the odd part, when you think about the amount of people in the world and their percentages of mental illness among people, I would say that logically there would be many elements among horses, but I just haven't met one. Hmm. But the, the the label crazy is, you know, I, I picked up on your term disrespectful. It seems like it's just another way of saying I I don't know what uh, what I don't know this horse. I don't understand. I don't know how to what solve this. It's beyond I don't, my scope. Right. I don't. Doesn't mean that there's something wrong with the animal. It means that. To me, it, it means that I don't understand why he's doing this or why she's doing that. Um, and so, rather than delve further into it, I'm gonna I'm gonna label the animal crazy. The, that's not to say the animal isn't um, dangerous because whatever mm-hmm. you know, 
whatever his behavior is, it could be very dangerous. But crazy, mm-hmm. like what exactly define crazy? What does that mean? There really is no such thing as crazy. It's just more a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I, I, I think look that, at. you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I, the, I, the part that says that to me is that's disrespectful is when people use that, they throw that out there so lightly because it, it, it hits the limits of their own knowledge or ability to understand. And, you know, and people do this with other people. And that's it frustrates me no matter who they're talking about. Yeah, you're right. We do it with people, too. Yeah, we don't want to make that parallel with people because I think it's, it's very accurate. It's, it's just that we don't, a lot of times, how much of it is that we don't understand. Yeah. Hmm. Did you know I saw I always start these in-depth ones and then bail out? Totally bail out. <laughs> totally bail out. I leave Alina to continue the conversation, and she's going, he did it to me again. But that's okay, because I get to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> I get to pick brains and throw stuff out there. We had one Arab, though, that I think, you know, I agree with you guys on the crazy thing, by the way. I, I, I do think that most of the time it's that we don't understand that horse or or we're just not capable of handling it. What you have to decide is, do you have enough body parts and enough health insurance to get to the <laughs> point where that you will understand it? Um, or are you qualified to understand it? We had an Arab once that I re- I'll never forget this in my entire life. I was standing at the kitchen window washing dishes and I was looking out the window and I see this Arab who we had just gotten, who was, who was, a, we, we thought this Arab was a bit of a psycho. Um, I saw the Arab coming by and I knew my wife had been training it to drive in the arena with three board fence. Okay. She's out mm-hmm. in the arena with a carrot cart, training it to drive with a three board fence. And I see the, the horse coming by with what was left of the cart running through a series of electric fences. Nice. And what it had done was it had actually t- taken and rammed the wooden fence enough times that it broke all the rails before it got out of that arena and started heading through all the electric fences. Um, it, it was just, it was one of those surreal moments when you wonder then where your wife is, you know? <laughs> because there was not much point, of the cart really left. Good point. You maybe want to go there first. <laughs> <laughs> I did go there first, and eventually, I think we did find the Arab eventually. But, you know, it was one of those situations with that particular horse where I said, that then the, the horse husband came out and said, okay, the horse is being sold on Monday because you don't have enough body parts to deal with this horse. So, and she's a good trainer. So it was, uh, you know, there are mm. times when you throw in the towel and go, okay, we just, we're not qualified for this horse. But before right. you do throw in the towel, I would want to say, I want to go and have my, you know, all of my horses uh, typed, personality typed. Uh-huh. And then once I have the personality type, I, I'm not qualified to make any changes in my training program yet to, you know, to match that. I want to find a professional who can help me do that. How do we, short of of having you, Dessa, come down to my farm and work with me and my horse, which will happen, by the way. <laughs> um, but the, the, how do how how does the average person, horse owner, make the leap from understanding a little bit to um, implementing? Mm, it that's the, that is the biggest challenge, and I run into it here all the time, and that's why my lesson schedule is kind of full. It, it is a, a, so often here it's kind of our, our ranch is sort of called last chance ranch and when when you know people have hit the wall with their horse somebody you know at one of the feed stores or something will say you know try death that try try that as a last ditch effort right 
Right. And and if they're willing to, you know, really step back and, you know, we figure out what the horse's personality is and, and then I can say that you have to be in this for the long haul if you want to, you know, make success with that horse and build trust in that relationship. And and some people are willing to do that and, and some people are not. And that's when it comes back to, you know, your your question you said quite a while ago of, of is there some people don't don't want to invest that time and that are not into that process. So you have to be a real process person to want to go through that, you know, down right. that road and, and on that journey. So it, well, it's, it, that's a tricky one. To... But, Jean, don't you offer that kind of assistance to people? Do you um, offer that? Yeah. yeah, actually I do, but we were going to go on. Were going to say Sorry. No, no, I, I thought, I remembered reading reading about your, um, reading through your website um, and mm-hmm. getting to know a little bit about you. I, I thought, I saw that you had offered some some coaching, some of which was, is done via telephone. And um, I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. I'd like to see how that works. Do I, um, I go out, get on my horse, uh, work on something, maybe encounter a problem or whatever, um, a challenge, call, call you. I have a relationship mm-hmm. with you, right? I've got this, I've signed up with your services. Um, is that the kind of thing that could help, you know, um, as you try, as you you are that person, you are that process oriented person. You want it, you figured out your horse's personality type, and now I want to implement it. Um, I could go see Dessa. Um, I could work with my trainer, who may or may not have the same level of understanding. But could I also, for example, call you, Jean, and work through that long distance? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the cool things that actually is about that's um, that's so neat about what I'm able to do is because for the kind of issues that I work with people, you know, like um, fear issues and performance issues and, you know, for almost anything that, you know, impacts your relationship with your horse or sort of the mindset of your riding, um, I'm able to work with people from all over the place and I'm able to be right there because it's not like teaching riding lessons or something where I have to be there to see how you're posting or whatever. Right. Um, I'm able to gather the information I need and work with you to develop a plan and and tweak the plan as they go uh, from wherever you know someone may be. And I work with people from all over the world, and I I love that I'm able to do it that way. Uh, now, with Dessa was talking about the process orientation and all of that. I was it was interesting when I was listening to that because I was thinking to myself that. Once I've had the kind of information, you know, of course I have the information about myself because um, how ridiculous would I be if I was not, you know, if I had not explored my own personality. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I had the information about myself. But once, you know, you're connected to something as clear as Dessa's book, and and it's actually very clear to determine your horse type by taking that quiz that she has online, Mm -hmm. Um, it's... The, she puts in there, she actually gives you very specific do's and don'ts. What you should do with your horse, what you should not do with your horse. What's appropriate to expect from this type, what's not appropriate to expect from this type. And I actually, once you have that information, um, you know, the, the rest of it, in my mind, is pretty simple. And, and also what you were talking about with trainers and having somebody specifically, you know, understand what you're working with and, and making those adjustments... Well, you know, each once you determine your horse's type, it's so easy just to show the trainer, okay, here's the book, here's the mm-hmm. description, these are the comments made. Right. Although I would say that not every trainer is that savvy. Right. To be able to do that. I would, you know, a lot of them are, but not all of them. 
Well, guys, we are plain running out of time. I know Helena no. probably has a thousand more questions, and and I think that everybody just needs to to uh, that that really wants to do this do two things. One, go to your website and give us the website name again. It's horsepersonalities.com. Do the test, but then buy the book, and they can buy the book anywhere, right? Amazon or on your website. On or? the website or Amazon. Yep. Okay, uh, so buy the book, and, and it's just, I've been sitting here actually reading it while, while, while you guys were talking, and one of the other things I like is, I don't know who did the illustrations, but there's an illustration of each of the horse types uh, at the beginning of each chapter, and they're pretty good. <laughs> I love the boss up there with the machine gun and the hat, and I love the boss. Um, but so, so, you know, take a look and read the book, uh, and you can also learn more about Gene at genelambrecht.com, that's G J E A N N E L A M B R E C H T dot com, and we're going to put links to all of the, all of your uh, your websites on our show notes as well at stablescoop dot com. But I just think it's fascinating, and I think I hope we've got enough people curious about their horse's personality that they they at least go take the quiz on your website. Mm. Oh, that would be great. I think it'd make yeah, a great I Christmas think a lot gift of too. Sorry. <laughs> I have like 12 people in my head I want to buy this this book for for Christmas. <laughs> it is it would make a great Christmas gift out and it's not very expensive if uh, it, uh 15. It's 15. That's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 15 fabulous. The the other place they could go to is we have a video on YouTube um that they just have to put in horse personalities and it's just a small gene was the one inspired me to do this. Um it's a 6 minute little clip that helps you see what those personality t- traits look like with loose horses. Oh, and uh, people have really been finding, I've been getting a lot of reviews that that's really been helping as well to be able to see I'll what it looks pl- I'll like. I'll put that on our, on our show notes as well. I'll just p- I'll plug the video right in there. So, okay. yeah. yeah, that oh, would be great. Fabulous. Yeah, super. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, thank you very much. Thank you again, Gene, for joining us. Uh, for It's only been a couple weeks, and I'm sure we'll have you back again. And, you know, Gene, I wanted to say, too, we, we have something else in common. We are both administrators, and we both uh, chat and post things on Equestrian Collections website on their Facebook page. We sure do. And, we sure, I think that's half how we know what's happening with each other. Yes, exactly. And I wanted to say Equestrian Collections is a sponsor of our show, and we should mention them. They have one of the most active fan pages on Facebook of any horse company in the horse world. With over 7,000 followers now, it just increases by about 1,000 a week. And, uh-huh. and it is a very active place. We get more comments on our shows. We post all of our shows there, and there's more commenting and talking about our shows there than any other place. Uh, it's just incredible. And, and I also wanted to mention that she, uh, Chris over to Question Collections wanted us to say that they're getting their fall merchandise in now. So if you're looking at clothing for yourself, check out equestriancollections.com first because they're getting in all the major makers, Ariad and Horseware and just tons of different uh, carrots and all the different brands that you've come to know and love. They're getting in the fall new styles right now, and she always carries the newest lineup of styles. So if you're looking for clothing for yourself or your horse this fall and then again this winter, we ask that you stop by equestriancollections.com first. Check out all the options. There's a ton of options at very good prices. You're going to be able to afford it. And just for the listeners of Stable Scoop, 
If you use the checkout code STABLESCOOP, the coupon code STABLESCOOP, two different words, you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more. So we encourage you to go to equestriancollections.com to do that and look up Equestrian Collections on Facebook, become a fan, and you'll get to not only hear me on the radio every week, but you'll get to uh, see Gene's insightful conversations that go on there. You provoke the most insightful conversations. So... Um, well, thank you. People seem to comment on them and really, really get a kick out of them. So uh, thank you for doing that as well. Well, thank you to both of you. Uh, we'll have all the links to your book and to uh, your websites on our show notes, and we'll have you back again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks to both of you, you for guys. indulging me. I'm going to go take <laughs> thank that. Thank you. I'm going to get, Lena, I'm going to take that test on myself Okay. see how I end up. <laughs> The Myers Briggs test? Yeah. I'm or the horse personality test? I think test. I'm going to take the horse personality test and see where I fall. So we'll see, you guys. Uh, thank you, both of you. Well, that was great, Helena. How much fun was that? And I can't believe how fast the time went. Oh, I know. It was like, you know, on, on the weekend, I, uh, Jen and I had a conversation. It was almost two hours long, and it was pretty much all of that, what we just talked about. <laughs> so I got a whole other hour of talking about, of analyzing horses. And it was really good to really have the person who wrote the book on the horse personalities together with the psych- psychologist. Mm-hmm. You know, that is a perfect, because there, there's so much crossover there. And it would be interesting to take that human test. What was it called again? Uh, the Myers Briggs the Myers Briggs test, and then do your horses test, and then compare the two, yeah, and, and see where you do match and where you don't match. Like Gene was talking about, very very fascinating stuff. Yeah, and next week we're going to change it up totally, Helena. We that's one nice thing about Stable Scoop is we don't have time to get bored about a topic. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Every week, it's something completely different. I think that's why people like the show, too. I hope so. Yeah, we, next week, we're talking about an, uh, an industry, that one of the biggest industries in the horse world that we haven't spent any shows on, and that is the racing industry, the thoroughbred racing industry. And we're doing it from a little different perspective. We have on with us uh, Frankie Lovato, who was actually one of our guests during the Twitter episode. Mm-hmm. Frankie makes a, a thing called uh, the Equisizer, but more importantly, Frankie was a very popular jockey for many, many years. He's still friends with all the jockeys. He knows most of the jockeys that are on the new show, Jockeys, which my wife and I watch religiously. Uh, we love that show. I don't know if you've caught it yet. No, I, I was a, a fan last season, but I haven't had a chance this season yet. But well, yeah, I'm a more, fan. More drama this season, and it's, it's, the, the production quality has gone way up this season, we noticed. The show was such a hit, I think they're spending more money on it. Good. But uh, we're, we're trying to get, uh, Frankie's trying to get another jockey on with us. And what we want to talk about is, one, a little bit, the life of a jockey, but also the racing industry is going through a lot right now. And we want to really talk about what, what's going on in racing and, and you know, what, what's happening. Is it going to be here tomorrow, you know, about all the drugging? We just want to get into a little bit about the racing industry and what's going on. I can tell you one thing right now. The sales are going on, the spring sales of the yearling sales here at Keeneland in Lexington. And that, that is one of the most important barometers of what's going to happen during the year. They're selling 5,200 uh, potential racehorses go through the sale in two weeks. It's incredible. And these are where the million, $2 million horses, when you go to this auction, you don't raise your hand. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Um, and the, the prices are down 40% in the first day this year. 
Wow. So it's a huge hit on the, the economy here in Lexington as well as the racing world. So there's just a lot to talk about there. And I'm looking forward. Frankie's always fun. I mean, he's just a lot of fun to have on anyway. And a very he, dynamic personality, and yeah. Very, and I love the Equisizer. I'd love to hear what's new with that thing. That yeah, thing well, rocks. And he has something to tell us. He's going to be on a major show here coming up, his product, and he'll tell us all about that. Sweet. So, so that's next week. If you want to see all about the other shows that we do on the network, you can find those at horseradionetwork.com and all the show notes with today's links at stablescoop.com. Well, Helena, until we meet again next week. We will be back with the scoop. <laughs>